नमस्ते आर ह्यूमन माइंड स्टैंड्स इन एन इंटर रेग्नम ऑफ रियालिटी एंड देयर फोर इट हैज ए टेंडेंसी टू कट एवरीथिंग इनटू टू क्लियर कट पीसेस लाइफ एंड डेथ टाइम एंड द इटर्नल इग्नोरेंस एंड नॉलेज एंड सोन एंड सो फोर्थ बट there is another way and this is a practical distinction necessary for the mind to navigate and operate but there is another way to look at this as a phenomenon in continuum as one single continuum where we move from a state of ignorance to a state of knowledge so first the basic uh, fundamental understanding then we see how this came into being so what really is knowledge in very simple terms knowledge is the end of all our seeking and search for truth for reality for the origin for the source implicit within it is a very logical presumption if i may say so to those who have the experience it's no more a presumption but the premise is that there is one single source and origin of everything all this multiple varied universe cosmos and who knows multiverses so that origin that source is the end of all our seeking we may also say end of all our knowledge and knowings when we have passed beyond knowings then we shall have knowledge as shrivindo says <laughs> this end of knowledge as we know is the word called vedanta what is the end of knowledge the end of knowledge is to discover that one reality that one source of all things that one origin as i said it's consistent with elementary logic that there cannot be multiple sources of everything in the universe and yet that's how we live in each of us has a kind of hashtag attached to our personal file of personal life and in that hashtag we are our father's name our mother's name our ancestors our religion country and so on and so forth and therefore there are each one has a different hashtag attached so this state where we look at each other ourselves as something divided from our origin is a state of ignorance meaning thereby we do not know our ignorance our uh, origin and we are uh, seeing the immediate and the intermediate aspects or the phenomenal existence as real and therefore we have uh, we do not know that origin that source which is at the core of everything so it's called as ignorance and naturally it's a frightful thing it's almost like moving in this world as an orphan whereas who is a parent he is the king of kings to put it that way moving as a pauper when our parents are the raj rajeshwar so this is a way of looking at it therefore to live in ignorance is to live in misery for no reason at all so now let's try to understand it the other way around this is from when we look at it from the mental consciousness point of view but to understand these things we have to go back as to how ignorance came into being first there is only one source how the ignorance came into being and it came into being with the impulsion within the one to become many why become many because one is infinite and this infinite is a being but a formless being 
he wants to build forms those forms in which he can inhabit himself and these forms necessarily by the very fact that they would be forms would have a certain configuration in time and space so initially the first forms that emerge out of the one are aspects of the one infinite aspects and these are the gods a god of love a god of uh, war a god of peace and quite naturally they are different different aspects within the divine one divine they are held as the myriad myriad nodes of a single being infinite personality so there is no problem there but that is still only he in his infinite personality so each of them starts creating his own world and these are the gods who start building their worlds each world unique and wonderful in its own right and yet these forms they are constantly knowing about the one they have a tendency to merge back to the one they are not so stable and concrete second each of them these forms the form of the gods is a partial representation of the totality of the one so again it doesn't fulfill the purpose he wants to become many in the sense that each each integer contains within itself the fullness of the original divine consciousness this is a big challenging task so the gods as we find in the higher planes they are not enough higher means uh, even be, before these form and name of this kind come into existence so they must go still further the forms must be built in which the consciousness can be lost with some sense as if it is unique as if it is independent as if it is seemingly separated from the one now there comes starts the problem because nothing can really be separated from the origin but a point comes when certain forms are built and the the power that emerges from him uh, from the one to build many such finite forms is what is called as maya measuring out it measures out so this maya has two aspects one is vidyamayi where she is creating this is the original term of the word maya she is conscious of the one and all the forms she starts building are also conscious of the one but they are leaning towards the many they are they are deliberately choosing to confine themselves within a certain form but these forms where one is conscious of the one are very subtle forms otherwise one cannot be form by its nature means to limit but though these beings are within forms they are conscious of the one and again there is a problem so this maya further concentrates itself and becomes avidyamayi meaning thereby that it starts building more and more dense form in which the consciousness of the one that goes becomes apparently limited it becomes like a prison imprisons it there is obviously a purpose within it but that we will see later and as this happens further and further ultimately the whole creation ends up into a state of dense darkness state of inconscient there is a seemingly it starts cutting off from the one reality at least in its in terms of consciousness there there is such a dense form ultimately that it is completely cut off the consciousness within is the same ultimately as the consciousness in its origin there are no two consciousnesses there is one consciousness but it gets a sense as if we are in a room which is completely closed on every side and uh, completely dark so it feels that this is the end of the world this is what it is but since within it still consciousness is one it seeks to expand itself and grow uh, 
and that's how the recovery process starts but in the process when this happens the one who wants to become many now he starts the real game so what is the real game the gods as we know are specters now he creates many many seeds or brings out many seeds out of himself and each seed carries within itself the same perfection which can become like the one divine the gods don't have this possibility gods are very subtle forms they will merge back at the same time each is one aspect it doesn't carry the god of love is god of love the god of war is the god of war so he creates seeds which have that complete potential of ultimately developing and becoming the same one divine and there is a round table conference to put it in a story way and he asks these seeds are you ready to go into this dense darkness so that we can become multiple divines you will grow and eventually you will be like me and from that extreme when forms are being built further now the rescue process begins return process begins now slowly these forms will adapt and adjust to a growing consciousness till we have a form which is made out of solid matter as we understand it and yet it can contain all the power the glory the omniscience the omnipotence of the one this is the challenge because when the gods are created or the higher world forms are created that is the problem that if you put a lot of pressure then they tend to merge back in the dense forms if the omnipotence and omniscience of the divine puts a lot of pressure then they tend to break up so this is now the rescue process starts and all of us in our soul state said yes and he said okay let's go and thus was taken the plunge of the souls into the night of inconscience so are there forms in the inconscient no they began to emerge as soon as the soul went the dark nature aditi it started a play of building forms dark forms means in which consciousness was completely trapped and lost but because there was an urge to arrive at the one these forms or beings who were inhabiting these forms they became beings of division because they could not see anything other than themselves but because the element of the soul is there it grew through all these experiences and as it grew from birth to birth to birth the forms began to change and become more and more plastic to the light this is the process so in the process we have reached up to the human form where the human body can respond not only to the human mind mental forces but forces which are beyond the human mind spiritual forces inspiration intuition revelations so it can begin to respond a brain can begin to respond a hearts can begin to respond so to that extent the rescue has taken place what has this got to do with ignorance and knowledge well it shows us that the process of ignorance to knowledge is not a sudden arbitrary division there is a rescuing of the knowledge from the caves of darkness see there is the story of angiras and the cow legion we can look at it like this that the knowledge which is there trapped inside this darkness is being rescued and as it is rescued forms are developing which can manifest it for instance there is knowledge even in the 
lowliest of worm even the virus knows how to mutate there is a knowledge that's how atom knows how to you know uh, within its structure create a balance it doesn't know but it there is a knowledge which is in, instinct within it implicit within it so everywhere we see hints of knowledge but in human beings there is a capacity to express this knowledge through walk through speech it is something very unique in animals there are sounds and with human beings there is speech now why this is so unique because ultimately both knowledge and ignorance they emerge from that first star of creation and within human beings there is this wonderful apparatus which can express that vibratory mode at least it can try to express that vibration which is at the origin of all things so we see that this evolution proceeds and arrives at this stage where it is tending consciously towards discovering the one reality so there are two ways of looking at ignorance and knowledge one is the traditional way that knowledge vidya is the knowledge of the one avidya is the relative knowledge of the many so what happens at each stage how is knowledge rescued there is a partial knowledge we begin to discover little bit let's say science discovers certain things then as science develops there are new things that come into discovery the crude medicine changes into uh, immunological medicine it changes into you know uh, still more molecular medicine genetic medicine so this is how it is rescuing knowledge is being rescued so one way to look at it is no knowledge of the one is vidya all this knowledge comes under the circumference of ignorance it is too summary a way of looking at it because if we look at it in a summary way then the logical conclusion will be the best way is to find the shortest route out of this entire circle of ignorance into vidya from avidya find a route by intensity of concentration because in human beings is possible consciousness reaches that point find one hole through intense concentration break free this shell of ignorance merge into the one and say now shivoham shivoham so that's one possibility but the isha upanishad very beautifully remarks and that's what i think in the beginning it was said it says if you dwell in avidya obviously you are living in darkness because you don't know the origin if you go into vidya alone you go into greater darkness so what is the path it advises it says progressive widening of ignorance towards knowledge that is the path which is given to man so we see these two paths always running parallel in india one is the path of moksha shiva destroy ignorance and be free it is destruction of ignorance literally all this system philosophies biology sociology collapses it is ignorance why it is ignorance because it doesn't have the ultimate knowledge of the one without knowing the one all this knowledge doesn't find its ultimate justification there is a very beautiful uh, you know one of the sentences of shirbindo you cannot understand water without knowing god it's so true because ultimately we have to know that one but generally speaking this moksha dhara says why take this all this painful long laborious labor let's cut away done with ignorance and let's get into knowledge let's be done with avidya and get into one but the problem is when we take such a leap we leave a gap in our understanding gap in our evolution and when there is a gap we don't understand it's like imagine somebody who is um 
gone suddenly picked up from delhi and he is put in a closed aircraft suddenly he lands up in mount everest chances are more that he will die he won't experience that delight even if on oxygen he survives he doesn't understand what has this got to do with that place from where i am coming but if the same person walks the whole way slowly acclimatizing himself and then when he reaches the peak he will enjoy the peak and he will understand that this is a whole journey which he has undertaken so there are these two paths towards vidya or knowledge one is to break free from the circle of ignorance and arrive at moksha lord shiva's great path another is the great path of krishna they are one god but they play in being two you know hari har so what is that other path other path is don't cut this knot of ignorance abruptly go through a progressive widening widening till the individual arrives first at the cosmic consciousness even there one doesn't have that ultimate knowledge of the one but one starts living in cosmic truth there one discovered the abhidhyamai maya and the vidyamai maya then because one is a large one self while being within the form and all these energies are going to impact the form it's not easy to bear that tremendous impact as the widening takes place it's not easy people often say that you know shrubindo at um, 78 he left his body i just wonder how he continued to live with that kind of consciousness in the body how his body could bear the impact that's why he says towards the end that you know towards uh, 1949 that if one of us to has to go i'll go because your body is better prepared so the form must develop to a point where it must completely embody the supreme divine consciousness that is a big challenge for which our souls have come krishna takes us along that path so it comes tells us step by step at no point he says abandon this world of avidya play with avidya while remembering the one this is what krishna says be in vidya man mana bhav mad bhakta madhya jima namaskuru and then you fight the great battle of life this same thing as ishupanishad kurvanne vihe karmani ji ji visheshatang sama so live in the consciousness of the one but play with multiplicity this krishna but he takes us through that journey then comes shrubindo he says yes wonderful now make this world equal and one with that which is beyond make it a habitation for the lord because this what is meant to be so that is the next project but first it's important to understand that ignorance is partial knowledge it is not invalid knowledge it's a partial knowing but there is a greater knowledge than this there is still greater knowledge all science advances like that we can take a simple analogy give a book the ramayana you know i'll okay i have now a beautiful example comes to my mind but first this one that you know give a book the ramayana to a child and the child ask what is it if it is an english version he will say a b c d or he will say recognize a a ra ma because he understand letters is he wrong no he is not wrong when he grows up a little what is it he will read sentences you know there are people who ratify hanuman chalisa but what it means is a different thing altogether 
Is it wrong? No. It is partial knowledge. Then to a third person, okay, what is it, Ramayana? He will say, he will start reading it, start understanding little bit. Where did the journey begin? From that Ra. Or Ta. Ramayana begins with the letter Ta. So, that way this knowledge expands till a time comes when somebody, you hand over the Ramayana and you tell him what is it? He will say the book of God. So, this is how the march takes place. Now, this reminds me of a real story. Somebody went with this book, The Mother, written by Shurabindo, to meet an astrologer for whatever purpose. So, he saw that book, this man had some kind of inner vision. And he suddenly tells him, starts doing pranam to this man who had gone to the astrologer. And he says, why are you doing this to me? He said, you are carrying God's book in your hand. So this is a vision which changes at, as we ascend further and further. I remember once in my, you know, Air Force days that I was sitting in, you know, in my office, in my room, chamber. And two people came who were very vociferous in trying to convert people to their uh, gurus. You know, like people want to win disciples. Somehow they felt that I have some spiritual interest. Uh, and so they tried to, wanted to convert me. So, I was also playing. I said, see, I have no interest. I found my path. No, no, sir, if you do this meditation, you will see a hear a voice and see a vision. I said, so what happens after that? That's not my goal. I don't want to hear voices and see visions. If they come, fine. But I want that ultimate truth. He said, sir, you will get it there. I said, see, tell me one thing. Can your guru answer these things? And I had those nutty questions all the time in my head. Law of karma, why he created this and all these things. He said, that is something which only God can answer. So on my table were these two books, Savitri and the Life Divine. I said, he has answered for me. Where, sir? I said, these are the books. If you want to take it, you can take it and find the answers for yourself. But if you don't have the question, then you cannot find the answers. So you see what happens, this, this progression of ignorance to knowledge, it's a quest we cannot take a jump from ignorance to knowledge without the quest. This quest is the aspiration, the flame, the fire which is worshipped. And it is this flame which on one side must not mount too high as Savitri puts it. Why? Because it mounts too high. He starts very beautifully. A jail is this immense material world. But he says if this flame mounts too high suddenly... It will meet an answering touch and the matter itself will collapse. There have been instances like that. There have been yogis who went into trance and they disappeared. And people regard it as a great feat. No, it's not a great feat. The great feat is to remain awake and bear the touch which slays and saves. This is the challenge before us. Not to withdraw into samadhi in which if you stay in 21 days or 42 days, depending on the tradition, you will vanish. That's not a big deal. To vanish is easy. People often ask, how is it easy? It's easy. You want to destroy anything, it takes moments. But you have to build the form in such a way that the divine consciousness can fully manifest in it. And yet the form will 
persist means the form has to undergo a change it cannot it's not possible beyond a point so the flame is not allowed why it is not allowed because if it suddenly goes beyond a certain limit the answering touch will shatter it that's what we see in savitri when ashwapati stands at the gates of the divine mother what does he say what thou hast asked is thine but ask no more alone thou standest at the eternal doors my sweetness and delight are the cause of life but too immense my danger and my joy truth born too soon might break the imperfect earth man cannot bear the weight of the infinite so this is the mystery why knowledge and ignorance are two terms that have been created ignorance is there for a purpose and the purpose is that slowly as the soul grows it grows point by point there is no nothing like a sudden growth in uh, very interesting in synthesis of yoga shobindo speaks of this and it's uh, it's unfortunate many of uh, you know even uh, people who talk about shobindo suddenly they are attracted to all kinds of you know yogas or oh, that mahatma he had this wonderful experience that's not our path even shri ramakrishna's path you know shobindo in very beginning um, chapters of the synthesis of yoga he says you cannot take the kingdom of heaven by storm by violence if you do that you have not fulfilled the purpose for which ignorance was created we are basically making a fool of god when we say that well ignorance was created now you come back there is a purpose why it was created it was created so that the souls can go from form to form that is the journey of rebirth and through varied experiences slowly the soul grows it starts drawing near to, nearer to god how does it draw nearer there is a conception of ideal then it wants something more perfect beauty truth good etc i am already much developed initially it's asana mrityu completely in ignorance there is no awakening even that there is a soul it's it's a just sleeping baby in the cradle so it's rock that cradle rocks very violently because the baby has to wake up at some point it wakes up and then the journey begins another level of journey where it starts saying who am i why am i where am i why am i what is all this game going on then slowly it starts getting attracted towards a greater ideal truth love good beauty wisdom attracts through the luminous masks shobindo says our ignorance is a chrysalis of truth then a time comes when through all this the soul is developing into discovering that it is none else but suhamasmi it stands on the gates of the sun and says that purusha there and this here are one he am i suhamasmi before that it must meet a master true master who can tell tatvamasi you are that not like you are you know caught up here and go there not like that so when the soul through this long journey realizes it then it is able to bear the matter in which it is it inhabits can bear the impact of this tremendous experience we cannot imagine what it means to experience omnipotence and omniscience in a body shubindu uses the word what will supramental creation will be he says it is practical omniscience and practical omnipotence what you want to know you will know what you want to you you need to whatever you will will be there omnipotence but of course this will will be one with knowledge 
So there are between the human mind as it stands today in its seeking towards knowledge and the one. There are further steps of ascension where we can say that the fundamental ignorance is no more there. What it is meant by that, that now we know that, well, there is a goal of the journey. We know that this creation is immersed from the divine. This is not just an intellectual knowledge, but something like an intuitive sense within the heart. Intellectual knowledge is a concept. It's not a concept. There is this intuitive sense ki one way or the other it can come, it doesn't come in sentences, but it can take the form of speech. That all is an expression of the one. Sab mein bhagwan hai. When we say it, Deep within the intuitive sense. So it starts from that and then as it attends the ascents, fundamental ignorance is gone. We begin to become aware of our soul. Why? Because now the covering layers have become very thin. Yet we must come back and continue in the body. There is a point beyond which we need not come back. But the great souls, the heroic souls, the Ishwar Koti come back. They say, no, the work is unfinished. So they take again a form, a human form. But because these souls have developed, the form also corresponding. Because see, nature is also advancing. It says, okay, now this fellow wants to come back. Imagine a Vivekananda wants to come back. So it says, I have to build a form which is appropriate. Now imagine when someone ascends to these great levels. So, But it will be within a limit because nature has to build from within that elements. So it builds a form which can take it to so many steps further. And yet, when the soul comes back, it starts making this form more and more luminous. So generally, it's very interesting. You know, we can understand why the Divine Mother, when she gave this experience of the new substance, fusing with the substance which so far nature has created. Nature has created such from using the substance has created such forms which can bear to an extent the impact of the greater consciousness to an extent. But it cannot keep it for long. That's why you see great yogis have to go into that trance. They withdraw into states of meditation, experience that consciousness. Then they come back. But you see something unique about Mother and Shurabindu. They could stain the body in the waking consciousness, experience that supreme consciousness in all its levels. This is the purpose. So this, there is no opposition and that's where comes the knowledge of the many. See, it's very interesting. When we touch that one consciousness through this long process, then we start seeing it because we have not skipped the steps and stages. Then we start seeing how it is operating at different levels in different human beings in different activities. So when, you know, for me it was an eye-opener because uh, when I read Shurabindo's The Mother, very interestingly found it on a Calcutta bookstall, Havra bookstall, where I went to look for some something of the mother and it was Sri Ramakrishna bookstall. So I don't know how, the only book which was available was The Mother. <laughs> they thought The Mother means uh, Mother Saradhade. <laughs> but they, they just handed over this small, we have only this book. I didn't understand what it means. It's going to be another life-changing experience. I picked up. I said, very good. And as I sat in the train over the next four hours, I knew whom Shurabindu is speaking about. The end of the journey. Or rather the beginning of a new journey. So when we look at you know, this fusion of this new substance. Uh, uh, when we read this book, The Mother, we see something very interesting. I am sure people must have uh, observed it. 
See in tradition we have Saraswati, Lakshmi and Kali. Who is Saraswati? She is the goddess of learning. But Shurabindu, same knowledge. You see there are two goddesses. One is Maheshwari and then there is Saraswati. So Maheshwari lays down the large lines of knowledge. Along this line, along that line, along that line. Saraswati enters into the details of this knowledge. Saraswati is also a goddess of knowledge. But detailed knowledge, that's why she builds perfection. So we have knowledge operating at two levels. One is where there is the fundamental knowledge of the one and looking at world from that poise, that grand poise, tranquil, calm. She is above all this. And from there we look at the world. This one kind of knowledge of the one. But another poise of knowledge is because all these world processes also carry. The one has flown into it in all the flux. Because it is the origin. Origin cannot say, okay, I will stay there. Things will collapse. So the origin has flowed into this creation. Outside is ignorance. Multiplicity behind is one. In every thing, aspect of creation, we can see it. Look at matter. Outside Amazing differentiation. Go to the roots, so many elements. Go still further, atoms. Go still further. Atoms are differentiated by, you know, play of electron, proton, neutron. Ultimately, electrical charges. Go back. So, one discovered that there is one behind, but there are many outside. Go to the level, this material creation, go to the level of life. All life ultimately is characterized by certain fundamental principles. It's the same. It's all built on the RNA block. Just imagine from the virus. And what RNA is built above? Amino acid and some little structure. It is all, the entire right up to man is the same. And sometimes so amazing. Can we imagine that the, the um, if you look at the genome structure of the yeast... What is it? Fungus, fungus, no? Use, very useful fungus. So, yeast and human beings is 98% same. Just by the play of variation, nature has created. (laughs) One is a fungus which is useful, another is a would-be fungus. (laughs) But would be God. That is the beauty of man. (laughs) He may choose that line, but still, if he is like yeast, it is all right. He becomes a leaven for something greater. (laughs) That's what man is meant to be. So, look at, uh, you know, life. Look at mind. Okay, life operations, mind. Mind operates by thought. Thought operates by words. Words operate by sounds. You can go back to fundamental sounds. Lights, plenty of lights. But you can go back to the one white light. Sounds, multiple vibration. Go back to one Nadashwar. Everywhere we see unity and multiplicity together. Multiplicity has its roots in unity. That's where we see the image of the Ashwat tree. Urdharva. It is upstairs. From there it's branching out. So, this knowledge of the one and the knowledge of the many, they are not two different things. But truly to understand the many, we must first know the one. That's why the Upanishad is right. When it says, Kena Upanishad, Yan mansana manute yena hur manomatam Tadeva brahman tam viddhi nedam yadidam upasate Avigyatam vijanata You cannot know it by mind. 
find it first. It's right. But the path is not trenchantly cutting it. Path is what Isha Upanishad says. Vidyancha, Vidya. Even Ken Upanishad says that. First, from this limited way of understanding life, enter into the domain of the gods. And be a god. One of the gods. Gods means highest qualities. Try to embody the highest that human beings can embody. And then, be as a god. Still, gods don't know the one. That's what Ken Upanishad says. So, go to the next level. Where you discover the unknowable, who is yet, who will create something still greater than the world of the gods that they have created. So these are the steps, and the Ishopanishad puts it more directly. Vidyancha, Vidyancha, Yasta Dvedo Bhyamsa. Be rooted in Vidya, that's important. Understand Avidya from that principle. Know the one and then understand the many. It doesn't mean, see, this idea that all is one, all is same. This is a most, um, one of the, it's a worse distortion probably than simply saying all are different. That is a kind of distortion. But to say all is same is a worse distortion. Actually, in you know, Upanishad is absolutely right when it says a greater darkness. See, what, we, what happens when we say all is one? We used to say it. We forgot that it is not an intellectual concept. The one and the many coexist. And we have to understand the differentiation in nature as much as you have to understand the one. So what happened when we said, no, all is one. One Brahman. Ekame vidyutyam. Sarvkhalvidam Brahman. And we got it intellectually, not in realization. So when Greek invaders came, we said, please welcome your God coming to our doorsteps. Fortunately, God also took the form of Chandragupta and Chanakya and, and drove them away. But we didn't learn the lesson. All this is Maya, only the one. So then God came as Mughal invaders and the Portuguese and the Britishers. And he said, please welcome, we are all one. We have Our Guru has taught us great knowledge. All is one. And because these people didn't know, nobody was there to tell them. Shobindo was yet to come on the scene. That see, all is one, but he plays with many. Vidyancha, Vidyancha, Yastha, Dveda, Vyamsa. See, this teaching of the Isha Upanishad, which puts it so beautifully, was almost blotted out. Why? Because it had to be also given in Mayavadin illusionistic twist. But when we understand this way, then we understand that ignorance and knowledge are two terms of one consciousness. Child will grow into adult. He should not say, now I have forgotten. He must understand that these are the steps. So when he has children, he takes them through these steps. See how the mother deals with us. So beautifully. When we look at mother's conversation, it's the most perfect example I have ever found. Of Vidyancha, Vidyancha, Yasta, Dveda, Bhyamsa. You go to a traditional Guruji, he will tell you about, you know, you should have good thoughts, nice, kind deeds and all that. And see God. Cool. What happens about this creation? You ask the mother, mother, how to sleep? She will teach you how to sleep. She will connect that sleep to the one. When in deep sleep, ultimately you touch that one. You ask the Divine Mother, Mother, how to eat? So she will teach us how to eat and ultimately connect that the body should form elements so that it can be helpful in the sadhana when you are finding the one. 
teach her about relationship mother how to love okay love in this way so that ultimately the energy of love in you which is seeking for joy outside begins to turn within and in the person discovers the one okay mother how to know again pick up any object anything in this world go to its core you will discover the one that's what kenupanishad ultimately says a grain of even a blade of grass contains within itself the one that's what the out of the full came the full and in each element the full is there and even if you subtract it purnameva vasishyate it still remain full so ignorance is on the surface avidya in the depth is knowledge ignorance and knowledge are not two cut off truths is one reality expressing in two ways the first step in our journey is ignorance and through many steps of the unfolding of knowledge through the terms of ignorance we arrive at the one and when we arrive thus at the one and look down we see that it's one single beautiful reality see in the vedas this supposition was not there in the vedas this supposition was exactly like this story that there is the truth and it begins to express itself things are ordered in the right way slowly slowly as it goes toward the unconscious that truth is covered so the word used was rit and anrit that's how we see satyamev jayate nanritam so there is the truth which is behind everything a truth occult has made this world but it is covered by the night so by removing the night you find the day later on it became a transient opposition it was no more like remove the avidya and you will find vidya come out of the zone of avidya so when you remove the night there is a process of doing it and when we do it night becomes progressively thinner and thinner and then one discovers the one so this is beautifully expressed in shobindo savitri several places he has written it there is a whole chapter in the life divine on knowledge and ignorance where he brings out these things very beautifully in several places isha upanishad ken upanishad even some of his essays but my favorite savitri there are two oh even before that we can read there is only one <laughs> so for the sake of becoming many he becomes to knowledge and ignorance are two terms when his power vidyamayi maya is fully conscious of the lord his maya then it is still one when it is knowledge when it becomes as if forgetful of the lord because it has to build those extreme forms in which it must go and almost entrap itself why again because these forms by development will be able to embody otherwise you cannot if directly build certain forms which are uh, too subtle they will just collapse back into the one they won't be able to sustain that tremendous energy so the long journey which if we understand the process worth it our souls enjoy it because we knew it and we plunged into it but when the ego looks at it it says oh my god ye kya itna complex bhagwan ne bana diya hai avidya bana di vidya bana diya knowledge ignorance why all this tamasha because our ego finds it very disconcerting because our normal experience of life is manyhood and then we are told go to one but then we are told no from the one you act upon the many it says my god this is tremendous but our souls know it so the stress is on discovering the soul but not to leave creation while in the body 
continue to expand the consciousness and as this the soul grows towards its own universality and transcendence matter begins to slowly get impacted and change even a little dent is enough that's how it is described the mother speaks about it now you see before we read this something very interesting so what is this knowledge which scientists have knowledge of the scientist and knowledge of the yogi can a yogi who lives in a state of knowledge one because the one can understand the many ultimately can he know about everything technically yes but how he will know so ordinarily our means of knowledge which is an ignorance are indirect meaning thereby we know something first through the senses i grasp perform i apprehend that's how i come in contact with then it that object is picked up by the mind and the mind runs over it it's like does a quick data processing compare contrast compare contrast on the surface and finally this matching or near matching and says this is what it is it gives us the sense is it really the complete knowledge anyone with basic understanding will say no how can i know the only way i can know is by becoming one with that person how do i know that i am hungry because i am one with my hunger how do i know that i am in love somebody else cannot tell me whether i am in love or not i will know it because within i experience that love there is no chemical test which can tell me that how can somebody tell me that i am in joy well it may express itself outwardly it may not by identity we can know and that is the beauty of the one that the one consciousness being the source of everything when we unite with the one this new possibility opens that through the form we can pass into that one and know things from within outwards yogis can know it but when they know it thus our so called system of knowledge may be completely collapsed because we have built a very indirect understanding based on which we have built structures but from within you see it is not true at all look at how things change even science it advances like that so at one place the mother says there are no diseases so you wonder you know what is she saying she says there are formations there is something like that there are states of imbalance there is disharmony because from within you see it like that that the vibrations are ticking like this and then your means of changing working upon life also change so when someone went to shirvindo with pain in the right iliac fossa medically it's an appendicitis oh i have got a severe pain severe pain shirvindo looks at him and the mother sees that you know two subtle arms one subtle arm goes and picks up a little dancing spot black dancing spot throws it far and says my pain is gone my pain is gone why because now you don't know it see it as appendicitis that's the doctor's way of looking at it and it is valid within his own limited way you can't transpose this knowledge onto a doctor and say act upon that because he'll be lost poor doctor he will say what are you saying sir so from the point of view of scientist this knowledge of the one may sound like ignorance see it's very interesting it may sound like an illusion oh they are living in some illusion but this knowledge is one with power all knowledge is one with power however limited it may be knowledge empowers us this we must know but from this point of view this whole thing looks like a construction the mother said illnesses are falsehood of the body 
you go to a hospital and you catch because there are formations around and doctors have concretized it by giving names labeling it so this is another kind of knowledge seeing things from within outward but at the same time she says well they can't help it poor doctors you know they are not yogis but ideally a doctor should be a yogi to understand things from within outward even a teacher should be a yogi a sitar player should be a yogi a person who does gymnastics should be a yogi because then you have the correct understanding of everything from the true perspective so it is true that the yogin can know even he can even know about the so called um, constructions of the mind through a different process not through the direct vision because direct vision one can see that it is a range of falsehood but what he can do is he can enter into there's a whole earth's memory where all these things that all the discoveries the books the libraries the inventions everything is there so by trying to look at it he comes into contact and knows it but ordinarily the two operations are very different when we are operating from ignorance and trying to get knowledge the typical example is in fact mother gives this example in one of her conversations but actually it happened when golconda was being built they were trying to know where to have the water divining process and they were trying the mathematical calculation so they went to the mother and asked her someone suggested and this engineer said what will mother know about all this and she looks at it and says here then they wonder that yes actually why didn't we think of it so you see this knowledge tries to laboriously find it may find it may not find but there is another kind of knowledge where you know it by a direct identity by a kind of intuitive sense some scientist may reach these higher regions that is still not the knowledge of the one but they may reach higher regions higher mind uh, maybe some a little beyond and suddenly this knowledge can pour into their head they pass beyond the rational mind so there is a whole uh, you know range from the human mind to the one but still that is not yogic knowledge but they do experience uh, higher states of consciousness how valmiki experienced the first verse of ramayana it is said that is the first shloka ever written i don't know but suddenly he saw a scene happening before him and he came out with this shloka and he says what have i spoken he asked his disciples did you get it hear it right bharatwaj he is at loss what should he say so how it happened that's the how the first shloka was born it is said so this knowledge of the one also implies in this highest sense that one will know the many in a correct way that knowledge may or may not be ratified by the immediate scientist yet if the scientist goes further and further in his seeking for truth he will start coming closer to it so today we see those things already you know sometime we are going digging deeper and deeper and a time will come and we'll say illness is a vibratory mode correct this vibration by bringing in that's how mantras may heal we don't know music may heal because you are setting right a vibratory mode so this knowledge is not just one day i get up and say ah i know god is there it has tremendous impact upon life so this able tendency to cut this knowledge vidya from everything else is wrong in vedantic method of teaching everything was connected to everything else so the one from there we see dance 
music, poetry, science, everything was connected to the one. This is how we have to look at it from the other way round. Rather than ignorance climbing towards knowledge, arrive at that state of igno- uh, knowledge by expanding ignorance but seeking that one. And then from there to start understanding the entire working of the cosmos. So these are the lines. The master of being has come down to her. He is the maker and the world he made. He is the vision and he is the seer. So when forms were being made from the one existent, she drew out Maya and started building forms. And Maya itself has come from, is his Maya, the Lord's Maya. He is the vision and he is the seer. He is himself the actor and the act. He is himself the knower and the known. So that's how knowledge operates. There is the knower, there is the known and there is a process of knowledge. But when you arrive at identity, then the knower and the known are one. You don't need a process because they are one. That's how we see in Savitri book 15. There the knower is one with the known. There the lover is one with the loved because there is a complete identity. He is himself the knower and the known. He is himself the dreamer and the dream. There are two who are one and play in many worlds. In knowledge and ignorance, they have spoken and met. Even in ignorance, one is behind. In knowledge, one is in the revealed. That's the only difference. But he's always there. That's why there is possibility of evolution, growth, progress. If they were cut off, there would be no hope. And light and darkness are their eyes interchange. A pleasure and pain are their wrestle and embrace. So he has deliberately veiled himself. That's what ignorance is about. Our deeds, our hopes are intimate to their tale. They are married secretly in our thought and life. Even our worst thoughts seemingly are known to the one. Because there is no such disconnect. From the point of view of one. From this side there is a disconnect. That's why when mother would look into the eyes, she would know. She would say some places there are a lot of resistance. There is like a iron, this thing. See, it has practical implication. Don't hide anything from the divine because nothing is really hidden from him. <laughs> so when people would come and say, Mother, you know everything. Why should we say? She said, because you will become conscious. That's all. Nothing is really hidden. Our deeds, our hopes are intimate to their tale. They are married secretly in our thought and life. The universe is an endless masquerade. For nothing here is utterly what it seems. To the scientist, he knows the seemings. Oh, this is a virus and this is a vaccine. Ask the yogi. Yogi, again, they are yogis and yogis. (laughs) One who has arrived at one. You will see it's a vibratory mode. That's it. How to help it? Set the vibration right. How to do it? Stay quiet. Call the grace. It will set it right. Apply the principle of harmony. As simple as that. Such direct action. But seeming is this. It's a virus. It's a vaccine. It's a mask. It's all these things. For nothing here is utterly what it seems. It is a dream fact. Vision of a truth. So it is not illusion in the sense that it is non-existent. This is another meaning people give to Avidya. It is only illusion in the sense it's a distortion of a reality or it's a diminution of a reality. But why the diminution becomes a distortion? Because we see it cut off from all the rest. So it becomes a distortion. So any event, any circumstance, you see it disconnected with all the rest. Then it looks like hanging in and the whole world appears a meaningless tale. But when you look at it from the continuum, then you see it as its right place. So, 
that's how it is distorted which but for the dream would not be wholly true so this distortion is to be set right by a constant application of knowledge when the forms are ready to manifest knowledge true knowledge i mean knowledge in the sense of the one and the many then we will see slowly that because of this action this world will wake up to a greater more and more men would turn toward the light the frontiers of the ignorance shall recede see how shubindu describes the supramental world not that suddenly there will be lord said let there be light and there was light the frontiers of the ignorance shall recede and we see this happening today in the world if phenomena stands out significant against the dim backgrounds of eternity we accept its face and pass by all it means a part is seen we take it for the whole this is ignorance thus they have made their play with us for roles author and actor with himself as seen he moves there as the soul as nature she here on the earth where we must fill our parts we know not how shall run the drama scores our uttered sentences veil in their thought her mighty plan she holds back from her sight she has concealed her glory and her bliss and disguised the love and wisdom in her heart of all the marvel and beauty that are hers see she has become ignorance diti and aditi has become this <laughs> she has become for a particular purpose only a darkened little we can feel he too wears a diminished godhead here he too has come as chinna chinna souls is okay that's what we are talking about he has forsaken his omnipotence his calm he has forgone an infinity why because he must recover it on the basis of the form if he recovers his prematurely and says okay i am that then the whole purpose of play is gone he knows her only he has forgotten himself to her he abandons all to make her great the forms and everything by nature that has to be upgraded he hopes in her to find himself a new incarnate wedding his infinity's peace to her creative passions ecstasy thank you